For all you elk hunters out there, chasing turkeys is basically the same thing. I know the reaction you just gave me, but don't knock it till you try it and don't try it without OnX. The Hunt app will not only help you find new areas on public ground, but I use it to find out landowner info to get permission on private ground that I see birds on as well. OnX Hunt has a special offer for you. Use code CAL to receive 20% off your membership at onxmaps.com hunt and find more birds this spring. Hey, I just sat down with the owners and operators of Maui Nui Venison. They're on a mission to balance access deer populations on Maui while giving back to the community and run a totally sustainable operation. For folks like me who want to get your own meat but aren't always successful, you can become a snack subscriber, get some access deer sticks sent right to your door. Visit MauiNuiVenison.com. That's M-A-U-I-N-U-I venison.com and use promo code cal for 20 percent off your first order outdoor adventure won't wait for engine problems things like hard starts rough performance and lost fuel economy are often caused by fuel gum and varnish buildup sea foam can help your engine run better and last longer simply pour a can in your gas tank hunters and anglers rely on sea foam to keep their engines running the way it should the entire season Pick up a can of Seafoam today at your local auto parts store or visit SeafoamWorks.com to learn more. That's SeafoamWorks.com to learn more. From Meat Eaters World News Headquarters in Bozeman, Montana, this is Cal's Week in Review with Ryan Cal Callahan. Now, here's Cal. I don't think it's a secret that the people over at PETA, people for the ethical treatment of animals, know that they will get ink just about everywhere when they decide to go after entities, and in this case, entertainment, that just don't really matter. If you'll recall way, way back to episode one of Cal's Week in Review, I brought up the term speciesism, a term coined by PETA that means, or attempts rather, to end the misguided belief that humans are superior to all other animal species and that it's okay for us to exploit some species in horrible ways for our own trivial purposes. Part of this speciesism campaign is to try to alter some of our old-timey phrases. For instance, instead of saying, I don't mean to beat a dead horse, you would instead say, feed a fed horse. Or, for instance, if you are fond of heading to work and saying, well, time to bring home the bacon, you would instead say, well, time to bring home the bagels. And, my personal favorite, instead of killing two birds with one stone, you would feed two birds with one scone. (coughs) Not sure how to use that one in the instance in which I am, you know, actually trying to kill two birds with one stone. Now, to be fair, and back to the point, I myself have been rather turned off by some folks' ability to elevate themselves far above the other organisms we share this planet with, people included. So I get that part of speciesism. But the part about our own trivial purposes I do not get. I love food, and food, my friends, is no trivial pursuit. Anyway, most recently... PETA went after the gaming company Nintendo and their new and wildly popular game, Animal Crossing New Horizons. In this game, the players can capture bugs and fish, which according to PETA is not vegan and therefore not okay. 
Being as the video game beat is a bit of a departure for me, I reached out to Meat Eater's own electronic gaming man on the digital street, Phil, the podcast engineer Taylor. According to Phil, the game is interesting in the fact that it has no villain, no source of friction. The digital landscape is built in bright, inviting colors, a real mood lift, which may be why so many people are taking to this game. Additionally, since there is no villain, the players can do whatever they want, including picking fruit, sitting next to campfires, and building snowmen. Obviously, the type of setting that breeds animal torturers, so I chose to investigate more by looking, as Phil suggested, at a few YouTube videos of Animal Crossing New Horizons. Let me tell you what I found. It was indeed shocking. Tulips, ponds, water flowing mysteriously without any form of gradient, old-timey stick string and bobber fishing, butterfly catching, random snowman building, little people interacting with animals wearing people clothes. I'll tell you, it just isn't natural, folks. In fact, I would call it fantastical. That PETA, always one step ahead of us. Animal Crossing New Horizons could have been an Al-Qaeda-esque breeding ground for animal haters until they stepped in. Honestly, the only problem I have with this game is the fact that the fish and the bugs are a form of currency. If you're looking for a game where you can actually hunt animals that won't cross the line of animals for money, Phil says, check out Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Players can apparently not only hunt wild pigs, but they can barbecue them as well. This week, we've got big announcements. Fishing closures and openings, bears, and social distancing the fishing game way. But first, I'm going to tell you about my week. As everyone knows, my week and this podcast is sponsored by Steel Power Equipment, world's first and finest chainsaws. I took those fine chainsaws and headed to a friend's property where they had a bunch of problem trees. You know, trees that threatened to drop on roads, houses, and puppies and whatnot. They had those trees previously dropped, bucked up into eight-foot lengths, and stacked. I took my two battery-powered saws and went to work on the stacks of ponderosa pine to then turn those eight-foot lengths into wood stove lengths, which got me to thinking about how arduous the process of explaining cutting wood into firewood would be to someone who doesn't know what firewood is. You see, you take the and then you cut it into a small chunk, and then you cut it into a smaller chunk, and then you break that into smaller chunks, and then you burn it. Anyway, I had three batteries total. I ran the 220C battery saw primarily, and three batteries allow you to cut up more than enough wood to deal with when they eventually get to the point of having two dead batteries with one still needing time on the charger. The eight-foot lengths ranged in diameter from 15 to 40 inches, made a lot of sawdust. Then we split some of those rounds, burned them into coals, and cooked coos deer ham on the fire, along with some potatoes, all outside, trying to maintain a respectful six-foot distance from each other. If you have a hard time imagining what a six-foot distance is like, and you fancy yourself an angler, look no further than your state's fish and game website. A few state agencies, and hopefully every state agency soon, will have a helpful reminder of what appropriate social distance is. In Pennsylvania, it may be helpful to know that if you are within 24 adult fathead minnow lengths to the next angler, you may want to take a step back. If you are not a live bait angler, that's nine and a half yellow perch. In Montana angler terms, about four trout lengths away from each other, or two shovel-nosed sturgeon, or one good-sized paddlefish. Can't wait to see what the other states come up with next. 
I love that. Good job, whoever came up with it. Over to the update desk. We have a real big news over at TheMeatEater.com, home of the Ranella Putellas Campaign 2020. All profits from campaign merchandise will go directly to our new land access initiative. Those funds will be used to bring you, us, we, more of what we love. Access to hunting and fishing opportunity. This could be in the form of an easement, a property, a boat ramp, or a convenient place to park. No job too small or big will consider them all. No matter the location, so long as the location provides something more. If this has you thinking, please go to TheMeatEater.com and submit a property or location that could help us all out. And And we we approve approve this message. On top of that, if you did not catch the Week in Review Field Reports YouTube series, please check that out. We go to Tennessee to look at the impacts of Asian carp and their edibility. We go to Oregon and look at how the Nature Conservancy is balancing access, cattle, and a whole lot of elk on a bunch grass prairie ecosystem called the Zumwalt Prairie Preserve. Then we end up in Montana, my friend Eric Siegfried from Onyx Maps, looking at hard-to-access public hunting opportunities. It's a lot of fun. Check them out. And lastly, I always get asked to validate nonprofit conservation organizations. The question is, do you think I should join whatever organization? My answer is always the same. Sign up for their newsletters. They are free. You can read every week what is going on. Then you can look at what that particular group is doing by following them, stalking them, if you will, on social media. And you can see if their volunteers and chapters and the organization as a whole behaves the way they say they do in their newsletters. And then you can make the right decision. Right now, an organization that I love, Backcountry Hunters and Anglers, a national nonprofit that advocates for public land, has a special offer of a free copy of the Backcountry Journal to anyone who wants one. Great photography, stories, recipes, and even some great gear amongst the conservation news. The Backcountry Journal is worth paying a membership for, but right now, you can get a copy for nothing. For all you elk hunters out there, chasing turkeys is basically the same thing. I know the reaction you just gave me, but don't knock it till you try it and don't try it without OnX. The Hunt app will not only help you find new areas on public ground, but I use it to find out landowner info to get permission on private ground that I see birds on as well. OnX Hunt has a special offer for you. Use code CAL to receive 20% off your membership at onxmaps.com hunt and find more birds this spring. We've all seen plenty of gadgets and fads come and go, but here's one product that stood the test of time. Seafoam Motor Treatment. Lots of hunters and anglers know that seafoam helps engines run better and last longer. It's really simple. When you pour it in your gas tank, seafoam cleans harmful fuel deposits that cause engine problems. I'm talking common stuff like hard starts, rough engine performance, or lost fuel economy. Seafoam is an easy way to prevent or overcome these problems. Just pour a can in your gas tank and let it clean your fuel system. You probably know someone who has used a can of seafoam to get their truck or boat going again. I guarantee you've listened to them because I use it you know, regularly. People everywhere rely on seafoam to keep their trucks, boats, and small engines running the way they should the entire season. Help your engine run better and last longer 
pick up a can of Seafoam today at your local auto parts store or visit SeafoamWorks.com to learn more. Hey, I just sat down with the owners and operators of Maui Nui Venison. You've heard that name before because I've talked about them here on this podcast. They're on a mission to balance access deer populations on Maui while giving back to the community and run a totally sustainable operation. Now, it's wild axis deer, which is an invasive species, but this operation is monitored and observed by the USDA, and they can commercially sell axis deer. Last time I went out to uh, Maui to hunt axis, I did not kill one, which is where Maui Nui Venison would come in very handy for folks like me who want to get your own meat but aren't always successful and still want to have something in the freezer or uh, handy in the form of a snack stick that is as close to getting your own as you can get which is what Maui Nui Venison is. You can become a snack subscriber, get some Axis Deer sticks sent right to your door. Visit MauiNuiVenison.com That's M-A-U-I-N-U-I, venison.com, and use promo code CAL for 20% off your first order. If maybe you've read or seen the movie Children of the Corn by Stephen King, and since then you've never really trusted the rustle of a cornfield, well, now you have a reason to be justified. A story out of the Grand Forks Herald tells of a bear den in a cornfield just outside of Warren, Minnesota. The bear dug into the ground about 8 to 10 inches, then lined the shallow hole with corn stalks. Additionally, that bear piled up roughly 30 inches of corn stalks around the hole, making a nice little nest. So next time you hear the dry rustle of corn stalks on a windless day, and that eerie feeling comes creeping in. Get it? Corn stalks, eerie? (laughs) You may not be wrong, it may be a bear. It's probably nothing, but it could be a bear. The area around Morin, Minnesota is in an area of the country where farmers could not get into their fields to harvest corn due to flooding. In an attempt to harvest what corn still stands, harvesting equipment has been getting out early in March to take advantage of frozen ground. But as it turns out, there have been several bears that had already been taking advantage of the standing corn. In fact, a sow black bear was inadvertently hit and killed by a harvester outside of Strandquist, Minnesota, about 60 miles north of Grand Forks. Harvesting equipment, such as combines and harvesters, do collect some non-plant material from time to time. We lost several batches of guinea fowl, which is a wild bird in parts of Africa that some rural families like to have around the barnyard because they act as a sort of guard dog chicken. They raise a pretty obnoxious alarm call when new people or things show up unexpectedly. Anyway, we had several batches of those when I was a kid and the, uh, the guinea fowl would fly into the alfalfa and uh, essentially get turned into round bales. Deer fawns, pigs, ground-nesting birds, and now bears can be bycatch to the corn or hay crop. But remember, if you're a big fan of the bagged microgreens, bears need not concern you. You need to be on the lookout for frogs. I'm kidding, of course. You'd be very lucky to find a frog in your salad. Invertebrates are way, way more common. PETA may need to uh, get off the video games and start looking at the way we harvest food. Anyway, the Minnesota Department of Natural Resources captured the sow's cubs and transferred them to a rehab facility. Moving on, but sticking with predators, the endangered Mexican gray wolf population is at an all-time high, 
population survey has just ended, recording at least 163 individuals, according to the AP News, spread out amongst 46 packs. That is a population jump of nearly 25% since last year. The population has had a steady increase of about 15% year over year since individuals were released in 1998. One theory for the dramatic population jump this year is that we now have a good population of adult wolves rearing pups and teaching them in the wild versus a semi-captive adult wolf being released onto the landscape to figure things out. One thing that a wolf in the former scenario may figure out is livestock. 2019 marked the all-time high for livestock kills. The Mexican gray wolf, love them or hate them, is here to stay. If you want to call yourself a conservationist, this is what you sign up for. Healthy, managed wildlife populations. Wolves will not be the end of the hunter, or hunting, or cattlemen and cattle. Can they make things more difficult? Absolutely. But they are pretty darn neat to watch and listen to. I have packed out a few elk on my back with wolves singing in the background. It is not something I will ever forget. But that really isn't the rub when we talk about reintroduction of species be they wolves or elk for that matter. In many cases, you have farmers or ranchers that have moved to and lived in a place without the existence of whatever animal, and then all of a sudden, the quote, black government helicopters start dropping grizzly bears, wolves, and crop-hungry elk onto your spread. Even though that is not how things work, you could see how that would dramatically affect your business plan. I am, and I think most people are more supportive of animals walking in and building a population in a natural way. That's not always possible, but it sure allows for both the wildlife and the human habitants of that scene to adjust to each other. Unless we're talking about wild hogs, of course. Moving on. The state of Maine and Missouri have temporarily granted free fishing encouraging people to be outdoors recreating while again maintaining proper social distancing. A couple of major points in Missouri, if you are not a member in good standing with the Department of Conservation, meaning you have a previously revoked hunting and fishing license, you still can't fish for free, or at all. And, here is the major thing to remember, rules and regulations still apply. This is not a free-for-all on our natural resources. This is a great economic excuse to get some well-spaced time in the healthiest place of all, the out-of-doors. Just like at the grocery stores, do not take more than you need. And if you feel you need a lot, you can buy seafood at bargain prices for many captains who have lost the ability to sell in both restaurants and overseas markets. Get out for the mental and physical health Take a fish home where it is legal to do so, but leave some for others and for yourself if you're coming back the next weekend. What's more, if you can afford to do so, buy that fishing license anyway. You'll be happy you did. On the flip side, the state of Washington has temporarily suspended fishing and shellfish harvesting in the state as a response to overcrowding at some boat ramps and fishing locations. Take it from me, In non-COVID times, I've had Western Washington salmon fishermen stand so close to me, they accidentally stuck their hands into my waders when their fingers got cold. I think by mistake. Oops! But that isn't the way it is always. There are plenty of riverbank miles to get some good distance from other anglers, especially if you're just looking, as I often am, to just be outside. A fish is just a bonus. Anyway, I hate seeing this. 
Again, I feel like the out of doors can be such a healthy experience, but because some fishing activities in some areas, anglers have a hard time keeping that 24 fathead minnow or four trout or two shovelnose sturgeon lengths from each other. The fishing has been shut down. And friends and neighbors, if that is what it takes to get this pandemic over with, let's all strap in, do the right thing, and avoid each other. So, you know, we can hurry this thing along and get back to being sick of being around each other all the time. That's what I'm doing. It is easy to get bitter about a situation like this in Washington. It is easy to look at the fishing calendar and just see time, opportunity, and business swim past. If you are able, I encourage you to take this opportunity to focus on your fishery's health. Tie up a bunch of extra glow bugs, clean and organize your gear, and make some calls on behalf of the Land and Water Conservation Fund. Maybe those boat ramps are too crowded because there aren't enough of them. Call your duly elected, your congressional representatives, right now, and ask them to co-sign the Great American Outdoors Act. Tell them to be a part of the greatest conservation legislation since Nixon was in office. Isn't that something? We are a couple of co-signers away from a supermajority. And Mitch McConnell, who is a co-signer, sets the schedule. Meaning, this thing has a real shot. COVID-19 be damned. Let's set up our future. This is attainable. Get on those phones. Let's stand in solidarity as outdoor-loving people and pass the Great American Outdoors Act. Over to the Marine Mammal Desk. We're going to start out with a recap. What do you call a beluga whale and a narwhal cross? A narluga. How about a false killer whale dolphin hybrid? Uh, That's a wolfen, of course. Another interesting matchup across the marine mammal desk just recently, the melon-headed whale and the rough-toothed dolphin. This unlikely combo have had a successful offspring confirmed via tissue sample taken via a specialized bolt fired from a crossbow. This specialized bolt is designed to just barely penetrate and extract a skin sample for DNA analysis. That's uh, just another day as a marine biologist for you kids. Not much else to tell on this one, other than the fact that, you know, that happens. Which I think is neat. Of course, I just made an antelope meatloaf that I referred to as an antelope, which I thought was pretty neat too. Oakley doakley. Moving on to the law enforcement desk. I do not know why, but cheating and bass fishing must just go together. Two men from Washington City, Utah, which is part of the St. George metropolitan area, bet you didn't know that, because I didn't, were charged in Kane County's 6th District Court with bribery or threat to influence a contest, a third-degree felony, unlawful release of wildlife, a Class A misdemeanor, and unlawful captivity of protected wildlife, a Class B misdemeanor. What the two men did is nothing new if you read Sam Lundgren's article on the infamous bass angler and tournament cheater Mike Long at TheMeatEater.com. The Washington City men caught bass at a different lake, held them, and presented them as fresh catch at the two-day Lake Powell tournament where they could stand to win a $2,500 prize. They were, however, DQ'd or disqualified from the tournament due to the fact that several anglers noticed the fish were distressed and their appearance was not consistent with bass from Lake Powell. Their court case is scheduled for June 4th. We'll follow up on this one then. Another court case we need to check in on is postponed indefinitely. It is the case of illegal deer transporter Steve the Transporter Porter. But we have correspondent Patrick Durkin on that beat 
and he won't forget. Finally, if you're looking for an outdoor group that is antisocial, you may want to look at the group ASS, anti-surface pooping. I have had it with these monkey-fighting snakes on this Monday to Friday play. Their slogan is, bury your poo. Don't leave it on the trail for others to stare at. You can look them up on social media platforms. I am sure you know someone who would appreciate that sticker. If you want a hot tip, don't bury your business too deep. The point is to get that material out of sight, but not out of the microbial layer that will break it down. I prefer to burn my toilet paper when conditions allow, as in don't go starting a fire by trying to hide your teepee. It's been done before in my former state, Idaho. That's all I've got for you this week. We're doing a ton of excellent stuff just for all of you working toward the collective good in your respective quarantines. Please check it out at TheMeatEater.com. You can always get a hold of me at A-S-K-C-A-L at TheMeatEater.com. Thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you next week. Outdoor adventure won't wait for engine problems. Things like hard starts, rough performance, and lost fuel economy are often caused by fuel gum and varnish buildup. Seafoam can help your engine run better and last longer. Simply pour a can in your gas tank. Hunters and anglers rely on seafoam to keep their engines running the way it should the entire season. Pick up a can of Seafoam today at your local auto parts store or visit SeafoamWorks.com to learn more. That's SeafoamWorks.com to learn more. Hey, I just sat down with the owners and operators of Maui Nui Venison. They're on a mission to balance access deer populations on Maui while giving back to the community and run a totally sustainable operation. For folks like me who want to get your own meat but aren't always successful, you can become a snack subscriber, get some access deer sticks, sent right to your door visit mauinuivenison.com that's m-a-u-i-n-u-i venison.com and use promo code cal for 20 percent off your first order